Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Non-League podcast where we're going to reflect on a great weekend for one of our teams and look ahead to a pivotal one for several others. I'm John Phipps and on the line now as always is Matt Gerrard who has told me today that he's as miserable as sin and referred to himself as Mr Risery. Um, I'm sure we'll get on to Dover's defeat at Eastley later on. Um, and as I've wager with myself that the first thing he's going to ask me, I'm going to preempt it by saying that no, I haven't watched the bridge on iPlayer yet. Matt, apart from having the hump about football, how are you? Yeah, I'm there. I think I've been watching football for so many years. It's going to be boring when you think everything's going to run smooth if it doesn't. But yeah, the bridge is back on the television, so make sure you watch it. BBC iPlayer next three, 30 episodes of your life, 30 hours of your life, but it'll all be worth it from that point of view. Yeah, it's decent, isn't it? So I'm not an Easter egg fan, but hopefully I'll get plenty of packets of midget gems because that's my... My forte, yeah, but I, I, soon, I soon got over it two minutes after it happened. Well, your messages on Twitter to me throughout the day would suggest otherwise, Matthew. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I've seen it, I've seen it all before, you know. You know, if you supported Barcelona or Man United, you know, you probably, you know, you've got nothing to really moan about, but when you support a team at our level, you think, yes, it could be it, then uh, it'll go wrong. So, that's life, that's why you love it. And, you make a good point there, actually, because I, I went to university with a Liverpool fan who said to me that, you know, he, he understood the pain of other people's teams getting relegated because Liverpool finished seventh once. So, there you go. So, you know, yeah, so that's, you know, it doesn't, it just, it's just annoying, isn't it? Again, we could rant about the Premier League and certain supporters living in places where they don't, you know, never really seen them play, but, you know, it means, it means you know, Every football fan hurts, and, and I'm hurting a little bit. But by the time this is recorded, the next half an hour, I'll be walking on air, looking down on creation. I'm sure. Excellent. Well, it's our 35th show this week, and that is how old I was on Thursday, June the 15th last year, when I sent a message to Matt on Twitter asking if he thought there was any mileage in doing a podcast about non-league football, citing our contacts in the game and the witty banter we have brought to Radio Kent on around seven occasions. It's panned out okay so far, that one, hasn't it? It is, and you do have your birthday the same day as one of my children. So, wow. Well, that's not, no, that's not my birthday. That's not my birthday. No, I thought you said it was your birthday. No, that was how old I was when I sent oh, I it through. Oh, so clearly I've got listening. So, so it's been, uh, what, 15th, 15, 35? Are you, are you still 35? Uh, no. Oh, right, there you go. <laughs> I don't know when your birthday is, but happy birthday for what it was. Thanks, Matt. I, I, much there is only one place we can start this week's show. Here's some audio from a clip on Bromley's Twitter feed. Well, that says it all. What a day for Bromley as they put their place in the FA Trophy final at Wembley on Sunday, May the 20th. They'll face National League North side Brackley. They drew one all at Gateshead on Saturday, taking the lead early on through what went down as a Fraser Kerr own goal, before a wonder goal from Scott Barrow levelled things on the day with 21 minutes to go. But the Lily Whites held on to win 4-3 on aggregate. Once the dust had settled, I caught up with boss Neil Smith on Monday lunchtime. I can guess you probably know what I'm going to ask you first, but how excited yeah. are you after Saturday? So excited. You know, it was, a, it was a great day, you know, a great achievement from the boys. Um, you know, to finally get there, it just seemed to... 
every, every trip was an away trip and, you know, we've had to go through it. But um, we finally got to the promised land, you know, trip to Wembley for the supporters, the board, the directors, the players. Um, a fantastic achievement and I think my, my players fully deserve it. We sort of spoke about it last week on our show saying, you know, how were you going to approach it? But going out there and getting an early goal, that made all the difference, didn't it? Yeah, you know, we'd said beforehand, you know, what we didn't want to do is sit back because, uh, you know, if you let a goal in after five minutes like we did in, you know, at the home game, um, all of a sudden you're under pressure because your your game plan's changed. So we always went out there to try and win. Um, You know, we knew our strengths going forward and with the players like Louis and Brandon, Adam Mecky at the moment, you know, all all sort of um, hitting a bit of form. It was the only way we could go. Uh, And obviously when Brandon... Well, the deflection goes in, you sort of, you see everything sort of relax and, you know, all of a sudden they've got to go and score um, two more to go and beat you. So, um, you know, it put them under more pressure than it did us. And they, they did obviously breach you once. What a goal that was as well, wasn't it? Look, it was a fantastic goal and, you know, it was worthy of scoring the equaliser. You know, he was a very good player. Um, uh, you know, one we've had to sort of, that's why we played Jordan Higgs to sort of negate him, but... You know, the one chance he had at 35 yards out and put it in the top, you know, top corner of the goal. It was a fantastic goal. But, you know, then you see a little bit of nerves coming into play. But with the experience of, you know, the, the, the players that we had in the team, obviously Roger just shoring it up at the back with Jack. You know, I felt I felt quite secure, but, you know, anything could happen. And great celebrations at the final whistle. And I guess they carried on all the way home, did they? Yeah, it was it was a relief as much as anything else. We knew Gateshead, you know, Gateshead are a very good side, ha- having a bit of form as well under... Um, Steve Watson so we knew it was going to be tough so it was a lot of relief in that as well as the excitement of you know going to Wembley but yeah it was a long trip home seven hours but uh, it, it, it seemed to go a little bit quicker than when we were going up there Did you ever play at Wembley? I didn't I missed out on it unfortunately it was uh, I was through the time of um, when it was getting built um, so uh, you know we had a playoff final for Reading at, that was at the Millennium so didn't achieve that one and then the FA Trophy final got there we woke in we played it up to Park so for me to go to Wembley as well is you know is a fantastic thing you know it's a dream come true You'll obviously be a very proud man leading your team out that day Yeah but I'm very humbled um, by you know all the, the, the supporters after the game and you know some of the tweets that are going around now you know it's made their day and you know it's going to be the greatest day of their life and so you're very humble but you know I've I, 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 I live in Bromley. I go. My children go to school in Bromley. So, you know, a very proud moment for myself, uh, my family. But um, you know, it's more about the supporters. You know, they, you know, 125 years of a club to go and achieve it for the first time. You know, to play in the FA Trophy final. Um, I know Jerry, next player. You know, now now owner and chairman, Robin Stan and Gleaves that's come on board, and you know, John Plassard and Dave Waller. You know, this is a, a, a big thank you for them. They showed. A lot of guts in appointing me, and I, and I just hope I've repaid them. Absolutely. I mean, the, the final of six, I guess you'll have them watched beforehand, won't you? Of course, you know, they're a good side. You know, we've, we've, we've heard, you know, obviously doing really well in the Northern League, so you, you've always got, got an eye on that side of things with pe- teams coming up and, you know, the teams that are in there. So they're doing, they're having a fantastic season. season. They want to try and get promotion. So, you know, we played a few teams in that division that have, that have all been very, very good. So we, we know it's not going to be anything other than a very, very difficult game. And, uh, you know, the fantastic achievement for, for that, that team as well. And, um, you know, we just hope it's a great day out. And hopefully both teams put on a spectacle for the supporters. I suppose one of your former clubs know how good Brackley are, don't they? Because they've lost twice from the FA Cup, Gillingham, haven't they? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, we'll get, hopefully that runs through a little bit. But, um, no, it's going to be a tough game. But, 
you know, we've got massive games coming up at the moment. Obviously, we've a game to Hartlepool tomorrow. We go Wrexham Friday. You've got Sutton on Monday on the telly as well. So, you know, these are these are really exciting times for a club like Bromley at the moment. And we've got to make sure that we, uh, we, we can stay in it and, and, and do ourselves proud right up to the end of the season. I was going to say, I mean, obviously the challenge now is, is for you, you've got quite a few games to play between now and the cup final. And I suppose on one hand, you've got players who might have that in the back of their minds. But on the other hand, you're still not far off the playoff places, are you? No, no, no. I've, 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 we've just had a meeting and um, we've got we've got 10 cup finals before that. Um, you know, starting with Hartlepool, you know, a team that are fighting for their, fighting for their lives, you know, staying uh, you know, in, in, in the game. And um, so there's a lot of passion up there at the moment. So we know it's going to be tough, but, um, you know, we... We put the, the cup final to bed a little bit now and just concentrate solely on the on the league. I said at the beginning of the season I wanted to achieve more points and a better position than we did last year. We're sitting in um, the same position as we finished last year in tenth, um, and just seven points off our, our total from last year. So, you know, we've still got targets to hit and we want to hit them and achieve them. The sooner we do it, we can, you know, we can relax a little bit. You can hear the joy in his voice, can't you, Matt? <laughs> Neil Smith, I've seen him like two or three times a year, and when he, you know, greets you, he greets you like he's his long lost son or brother. So, out of all the people in Ken football, he's probably the nicest man in the world. So, I'm absolutely delighted for them. And the game plan, clearly, they got it right against and holding him on near the end. But what a fantastic achievement to get to Wembley. And certain teams get to Wembley, you think, oh, they got a bit lucky. They beat three teams in leagues below, or they're all at home. But the way that Bromley have done it, travelling, you know, the honorary Geordies, I think, these days, or in that part of the world, North East Elizabeth, I just think from that, they've travelled all over the place and they've done it. And, and it's a, really a fantastic achievement. And it shows what, if a football club is run the right way, they're adult, they've come from all the levels up, you know, Ryman South, into the National League with a you know, well-settled National League. And now they've got to Wembley at, uh, in the FA Trophy. Congratulations, Phil Smith. Now, previous managerial reigns didn't work out too well for him and would have been very easy when Mark Goldberg has to get another name in to do it rather than Neil Smith. But his hometown club at Wembley, you know, he probably doesn't get much better from them. And for him now, what a great time. And they've got foundations there, probably. They can, with Neil Smith in charge, where can they go next? Well, exactly. And I thought that, that interview was really nice, you know, and he said, you know, I live in Bromley, my kids go to school in Bromley. He's got that club at his heart and great for him as well, because, you know, he had a good career in the Football League and the National League or the conferences it was then. And he never got to play at Wembley. And I think we kind of forget because there is more opportunity for people to play at Wembley. But playing at Wembley is the pinnacle for players at this sort of level. And Neil missed out on that in his career and you can't help but be absolutely delighted for him that he's going to get to lead his team out on May the 20th. I think, for, for, from my point of view, I would, you know, it would probably make my, probably in life if I could see my side walk out of Wembley. Um, it would mean a lot, you know, got close a couple of times before, but um, yeah, fantastic achievement for Neil Smith. And they're going to enjoy the day now. It may, I don't know if they're going to be able to get in the playoffs and losing the last night. Uh, maybe they've got too many games to candle. Anything, you know, I think they've got a good two-week break, run not they, for when the season ends. They don't get the playoffs to the, the, the competition, to the final is. So, it's got to work in that. Don't get too carried away from that point of view. But it's a fantastic. I'm so pleased for Neil Smith. Bromley, back to a decent side. You mentioned they, they beat the Chills a couple of times, but Bromley will be favourites. And now they've got to Wembley. It's not a day out. They want to win that trophy. Put them down with the likes of Deal Town and Ebsley. 
of a Kent non-league soccer thing at the Twin Towers or whatever it's called these days. I think it's just the, the, the big arch, isn't it? Right. Twin Towers. Well, well, well yeah. Twin Towers are always new in my eyes, things like that. So, yeah. You know, you can, you can be like Jack Holland. He can lift a trophy to Wembley and there's been some wonderful captains who've done that. It must be an absolute bust for those players at Wembley. You know, if it was me, you'd be thinking about it every second of every day. They just got to make sure they get out of that mind. But Neil Smith said in that interview, you know, he will have the players um, focused in the right direction. Absolutely, and and from speaking to him and, and knowing how he seems to operate, I've got absolutely no doubt that those players will be performing the best they can. Although on Tuesday night, as he as he mentioned there, they were at Hartlepool and, and they lost that one by two goals to one. I guess it's a bit of a case of after the Lord Mayor's show for them, but at least they're rid of the A1 now after all that travelling they've done up and down it. They've only got Chester of the long trips left. His aim is to finish higher than last year and I wouldn't rule that out at all, would you? Well, I think Tenzin would finish. Yeah, they've just got to get back on. They've got some big games coming up, haven't they, as well? The size of Britain and around them in the playoff hunt. So, yeah, I think, you know, maybe the emotion and the, must have come out of them with that. The last week, of course, the build up to when being in front, can we do it? Then the actually achieving it. Um, and then from there, and, uh, from a Bobby point of view, somebody made a good point, I think, which I really do agree with. You know, the feeling those Bobby fans must have got at that final whistle, probably. May even outweigh the playing at Wembley because you go that anticipation. Yes, yes, we're going to Wembley. They'll have a fantastic day at Wembley. I think I've read somewhere on Twitter they've already sold 4,000 tickets, and I'm sure the Kent football family and the likes of Palace and Charlton fans around the area will come and support them. So it'll be a decent crowd there. But I'd love that feeling that a Bromley fan has got when that final whistle blew when he realised that teams have been supporting for who knows how many years are going to Wembley. That, that must be a, a feeling they probably would have bottled for the rest of their life. Exactly. Um, also on Tuesday night then, Matt, you and your mates went down to Eastleigh and it was looking really good for Dover until two late goals cancelled out Ryan Bird's opener to leave the Whites defeated. A nil-nil draw at Barrow on Saturday as well, so it's not been a great week for the Whites. But their bid for their playoff place is still in their own hands. Just. Matt, tell me about your trip to Hampshire. Yeah. Um, well, down to the commentary on BBC Radio Camp, of course. But the, the kid, the ice, the end kid was broken, so I couldn't actually see the coverage. So I should have probably rung bells. It's not going to be a, a great day after travelling all that way. So, yeah, well, 80 minutes, Dover absolutely in control. A lot better than Eastley. Got a good goal. Ryan Burns scored from outside the area. Fantastic strike from him. He had, he had a decent game. Dover just couldn't get that second goal. And I was tweeting as well within the Ken thing and thinking, they need a second goal. They need a second goal. And then Dover's defensive been really solid. They, First time they conceded a goal in nearly six hours, or over six hours it was, or so, to seven hours it was. So, But then, yeah, they just sat back, and I think they sat back and just, you know, thought quite happy, we'll hold on to this. They didn't look in any trouble. Easily get one back, could finish from McCallum, pull Fountain in the box, could miss six yards out. And to be honest, at that point, I thought, I'm not really concerned here. If anybody's going to win this, it's David, because they were dominating the game. Just a final ball let them down at times. It is what I really like it. He's a willing runner, gets you to good positions. But in front of goal, either he hasn't got it or he's got no confidence in front of goal because he had a couple of good opportunities to finish the game off. And then the sucker punch, cross comes in, McCallum free, and a bullet head, and nothing Mitch Walker can do. To be honest, I don't think Mitch Walker had a save to make all game apart from picking the ball out of the net. Speaking of Chris Kinnear afterwards, he was, he was pretty down because you, if that game had finished on the 85th minute, Dover would have gone to four. Well, in the playoffs, the big game's coming out a bit of confidence, but now 
leaving Italy, um, and they've blown it because it's really opened up the um, playoff race now. But I shouldn't, you know, you get disappointed from that. That's life. Look, thinking back, if David didn't get the playoffs, you'll look back to the game at Eastleigh saying that's where it went wrong because the next two now are absolutely huge for them. What is it about Eastleigh, Matt? Because I know a few Dover fans, um, and none of them seem to like Eastleigh in any way, shape or form. And obviously, they're managed by a former Dover manager at the moment as well, so I guess that just makes it even worse, doesn't it? I think I'm doing some stats the other day. I've mostly, I'm a bit, you know, I like my spreadsheet, so I found all Dover results out from 2004 to the present day. I put it in my spreadsheet. Eastleigh are the tight side that Dover played the most at that time. I think it's they've just gone through the leagues together and Eastleigh have got a little bit of money and Richard Hill hasn't been very complimentary about Dover. It's just one of those things. And to be honest, I, it's the first time I've been there, tiny crowd, the supporters straight away were moaning, moaning, you know, very much moaning at the time. And if you think in the final whistle, they've won the World Cup, they were giving it large. So, of course, maybe I'll be done it the other way if that was up to us. But I'm trying to think of why. That's what annoys me. I've seen Dover so many times lose a game in the last, you know, being in front. They conceded two in the last ten to five minutes or so. I can't remember the time. It's happened the other way, but I always think in football terms, all right, it's happened to us. Eventually, the circle will turn and we'll do it to somebody else. So that's the only thing that probably keeps me going in there after leaving the ground. Eventually, we'll do it to somebody else. But we shouldn't do this one because we played really well. So performance-wise, deserved the win. Just couldn't hold on. So it's just, oh, but back on the horse. Two days' time now, isn't it? I've seen about half a dozen Dover games in my time, Matt, and I've seen you come from 3-1 down and get a draw against Bath in the FA Trophy. I don't know if that counts, because it ruined my day anyway. Um, but <laughs> what I was no, going to... it doesn't really count. Well, it's a win, you see. That's what I wanted to see. <laughs> you know, win, but, but again, we didn't deserve anything about Bath. The game it was absolutely dreadful. So, yeah. There you go. Um, what I was going to ask you about Tuesday night, though, was um, I saw both Bird and Aziz in the starting lineup. Was there a change of shape from Chris Kinnear? Um, no, it's... It... Marsh Brown, which Marsh Brown is the sort of player that Dover is the spark. And maybe when Dover get into the final third, he could position in front of goal. You wanted the chance to pull the Marsh Brown. But so it tells me Aziz. I'm not, Aziz is a good player. Good, strong, go pass, quick, but in front of goal. I said to somebody, I've seen a couple of times, I don't think he's got a goal in him, to be honest. I'm saying that, I hope he bags actually for the weekend. But it's just one of these, you know, one of these players who get into the position, gets into the position, sort of crumble. He's one of those. So he's... He sort of led his boots when he tries to shoot. So, no, no, Bird came in, not his biggest fan, but he had a good game. Some people are saying that when Bird went off, there was no outlet, and that's when David caused problems. And statistically, you'll see that because they were one up when, they were, when he went off. So, no, I expect, you know, expect Marsh Brown, maybe he's been safe for the two games coming up at the weekend because he has got that X factor that Dublin may need, particularly in front of goal. Uh, but, disappointing, I expect Marsh Brown to come in. Standing for most, didn't look at any trouble at all. And it's so frustrating, that's what it is. Indeed. Well, on Saturday, Ebsfleet drew 1-1 with Maidenhead, while Maidstone lost 1-0 at Wrexham. And it's going to be a common theme, this, but by the time we record the show next week, we're going to have a bigger clue about how well teams are going to finish. Two games for them all in the National League. Bromley play Wrexham at home on Friday, then have a televised clash at Sutton on Monday. Maidstone at home to Hartlepool on Friday and go to Dagenham on Monday. Ebbsfleet go to Eastleigh on Friday when Dover hosts Tranmere in another big old game before a huge one on Monday when the Whites travel to Stonebridge Road in the last Kent derby of the National League season. I bet you're looking forward to that one, aren't you, Matt? Well, it wasn't after 85 minutes last night, but not now. Um, yeah, 
that brings Emsley back into it, into play now because Dover drew the weekend. Mild loss, Emsley drew. So Dover, it was a good weekend, really, from that point of view. Emsley, they've got to go to Eastley. To be honest, Eastley, I don't think they're that good. So Emsley, from there, if Emsley win at the weekend, Dover against Tranmere is going to be tough because I still think Tranmere can win the league. And it's a massive game. And then Dover, Emsley, no, if they can beat Dover, they're right in the hammer of the playoffs. So it is a good game. There's needle between the fans. Maybe not so um, on the field now because the, the, not many of the players have linked over after they left over to go to FC. So, apart from Dan Watman, who's the manager there, of course. So, yeah, it's going to be a, a big game. And I'm sure Epsley thinking, right, we beat Dover. We're really in the hunt now. So, um, yes, it's, uh, it's, I think it's Ian Dowry said one time, squeaky bum time coming, isn't it? Certainly is. I thought that was Alex Ferguson, wasn't it? Was it? Oh, well, I mean, somebody ranting or something. Like, well, right, to be fair, i it was Alex Ferguson. I'm giving that to Ian Dowie. That's probably the worst uh, correlation in football, really, isn't it? Two of them. Alex Ferguson compared to Ian Dowie's managerial record. Well, indeed. Well, let's move down the pyramid now, then, and talk about Chatham Town. Certainly, Matt, they're a club you expected to be there or thereabouts in the Southern Counties East League this season. They made a shocker of a start after being relegated last season, and that's left them down the other end of the table. I headed up there on Saturday when they played Sheppard United, a game that finished 1-1 after a late Luke Gert goal for the visitors, cancelled out a well-taken strike by Stuart Zanoni. After the game, I caught up with Chats boss James Collins, who's a young manager, but as you're about to hear, a very focused one. So looking at today's game first, is that two points dropped or a point gained? Uh, well, it's a late goal, isn't it? And it's a little bit disappointing. We've been conceding goals late, um, but I thought they, they put it on us last half hour, so I'm standing there thinking, don't concede again. So... Uh, I, well, yeah, I don't know. I think a draw was a fair result, whether it's a point shot tonight or ever, I don't know. They probably had a couple more chances, but I thought we were the better team first half. They probably shaped it second half. Um, and then um, we scored, and I knew it would then go to them dominating and us, could we could we get them on the break? Um, we wasn't able to, just disappointing for the amount of possession that they had that we conceded the set piece. But yeah, I think a draw was a fair result. Great goal from Stuart, wasn't it? Yeah, well, look, he's coming and he's scored, I think he's got, that's his third in four now. And, He's a goal scorer, and I said to him, "If you can come in and enjoy yourself, I think you'll score goals." And um, that's what he's done. He's uh, not just his goals, though. His work rate's been really good. I, he, he, I said to him after, I didn't think he was having his best game today, but absolutely works himself into the ground for us. So like, I can't ask him off him. Looking generally, 31 points from 31 games. That's not really where Chatham Town were expecting to be, I guess, this season. No, no, certainly not. And um, uh, I don't know. I'll probably say the same thing that I say to everyone. Sound like a broken record, but we came in and. And 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 there was a, there was a real possibility of relegation, I think. And there was, I think, when we took over, if if we the teams below had won their games, now we would have gone bottom. So it, initially we wanted to get in, try and get some results, which we did. It wasn't pretty. We went, you know, scrapping and try and get results, and, and we got five in a row. And when we we felt we were safe, I felt I needed to try and implement my style of play onto the players, which. It's not easy when you can't always get the players that you want. And it's not just about, you know, being a winner is not just about being the best players. It's about having the right mentality and, and, and they need to learn my philosophy. And I think, I think in the last four games, I think, I think we tried to get the ball down and play. I think we looked starting to look a little bit better. So it was a bit, obviously we'd like to do a lot better. It's a transitional season. Knocked out and penned in two quarterfinals, which is frustrating. So it's been a frustrating season, but it's, it was always about coming in and sort of trying to stop the slump down the table and try and consolidate and then build for next year really. 
I guess I'm saying this to a lot of people, but you know, you're coming towards the end of the season now. You've just got to hit, the, make sure you hit, can hit the ground running next year, haven't you? Yeah, hundred percent. And um, we need to add a few, which we will. Um, and we just need to keep working on things. And while there's people fighting for things and have got things to play for, we've got that luxury where we can try a couple of things. So the young goalkeeper that we put in goal was a real plus today. Man, the match. Yeah, and and some, uh, you know probably something that if you're playing the things you maybe don't take that risk of putting someone quite so young and inexperienced so he's, he's now getting games and played well um, we've sort of tried formations a little bit brought in a couple of players that have been there and done it and then not for a couple of years so they still got the hunger and desire so look we, we're, we're, we're ready for next season really it's just, just getting getting this season finished really and you're in it for the long haul obviously I, like, I want to be like, every club I've been at I, is a sort of Probably not. It's probably difficult to say. It's always been to get a, not a better job, but you want to progress. And I think this club can can progress, and, and I can progress with it. So look, I, I want to be here for the long haul. I want to be here for the next 10, 15 years. I'm, I'm, I, 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 the committee and the chairman's absolutely unbelievable. So um, I'd love to be here for a long time, but results would dictate that I guess but for me yeah I, I want to be here for a long time I think so I mean a lot of people know this club as a club that's been in the Ryman as mm. it was you know for, for a long time and I yeah. guess that the aim is to get them back where they belong because we I mean, had 200 odd people here today I mean obviously a lot of people come in because mm. of the special offer yeah but you know it is a, a club that belongs probably at a higher level than this one definitely like in terms of the, the infrastructure of the club the surroundings you know the history but we're, we're here and we're the same as everyone else in this league and that's that you know that might be hard for some people to take but that that, that is the harsh reality of it we're not any at this minute in time we are the South East South County's East League team and um, yeah we, we but you know the problem is not that there's been a losing mentality but they've been in the Ryman but struggled for the last four or five years so they're not used to winning games and the players that have come through and have been a part of that have got that probably forgot what it's like to win and um, and, and I'm trying to implement a different style of play to what previous managed so it all takes a little bit of time but we're definitely going in the right direction I think this is a tough league isn't it the Southern County so I think it's, it's a very tough league to get out of yeah I think so I mean I think I've always said I think the top five teams in this league will probably compete in the Ryman League um, but you only got to look at the teams that come down you know which that will come down it usually takes teams three years to win this league I think you know Greenwich Bar threw a lot of money at the first season didn't do it and then won it the second season but you look at Seven Oaks this is their third year if Crowbill don't win it next year will be their third year if Whitstable don't win it next year will be their third year you know teams that come down don't don't really go straight back up I, 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 not straight away so it's a, it's a bit of a culture shock and, and also I think there's there's a little bit of cash being thrown around this league and, and, and it's less travelling and people maybe deem that that's easier so like, one goes up it's, it's harder it's probably harder to go up than it is to stay in the Roman League I guess as with many people that we've had on the show, Matt, I thought James spoke really well. And you can only hope that it works out for him. A good club chat, and I'm sure that if they're patient, as he kind of said he wants them to be, they'll soon get back to where they belong, won't they? Yeah, confident manager when he said he'd like to be there for the next 10 to 15 years. Um, yeah, Chatham, uh, again, he's win there. So it's a lovely ground. They shouldn't be playing at that level. And then clearly, they were concerned that they'd actually go straight through, wouldn't they? But they, they've turned that around again. He wants to put his mantra on the club. Again, I don't know what his background is as, as, a, as, a, as a manager before, but he's um, young, seems confident. And then, why not? They're a big fish in this vision. If he could get the players in, as he said, playing football they want to go, there's only one up because, you know, Chatham are you know, a decent side. Probably, you know, you compare them to the point, some of the bigger than some of the sides we have in the uh, Bostic South. So, yeah, yeah, again, some of these managers we always speak to in the scaffold, we don't really often, I don't hear them often, but they all speak really, really well and really 
sign of the up and coming manager at all levels. Got to have that communication skills of, of working, and clearly James had that there. Yeah, I, th- I thought so, and I thought his side, you know, they, they played pretty well. I mean, the, the first half of the game. I mean, as, as I said last week, and um, they had a special offer for um, for people over sixty could get in for nothing. And um, in the first half, they probably weren't getting value for that. To be honest, it wasn't a, a brilliant half of football. But the second half, I thought was quite a good game. There was there was plenty of chances, and on reflection, I think a draw was probably a fair result for uh, in that game at the end of the day. But as you say, Chatham, they're, they're a big club. I think they've really suffered from being pushed around the divisions between North and South. That hasn't helped them in the slightest. But if they can keep hold of James Collins and he can get the players in that he wants and play in the way that he wants them to play, then there's no reason why, as he said, it might take them a couple of years, but there's no reason why in a couple of years they can't be really pushing at the top of what we've said so many times is a really tough division. Yeah, and I, and I, again, you admire him for that because of all the thought of the supporters when they come down, oh, we're going to come straight back up. But he said, takes a while to build a team in this level because he knows it's decent levels. And, uh, you know, he's not putting pressure on himself as well, which I think is probably quite good saying, right, we're not going to, next season, we're not going to walk the league. So he, he's small depths from that point of view, quite focused from that point of view. And again, a name in that, Stuart Zioni, I don't know how many clubs he's been at, but he's always seemed to be a goal scorer. Big scorer at Ashford in this league a couple of years ago. So, I don't know how old he is now, but lower league goal-scoring legend today, I think I've probably called him before. Well, I know he scored a lot of goals. I was half tempted to try and grab him and just say to him, Stuart, on the spot, can you tell me every club you've played for? Because he probably has forgotten himself, hasn't he? He's had some few. He's got up to a high level a couple of times and then went back down from that. Probably in the Kent League era, for the last 10 years, He's got to be the top goal scorer because he probably played for all the sides, but and he has scored a lot of goals. He certainly has. Um, Tuesday night, Chatham twice came from behind to draw two two at Bearstead, um, and Sheppey had even more drama on Tuesday night as they drew three three at home to Deal with goalkeeper Joshua Glover scoring a last minute equaliser. But before all of that, I caught up with their manager Ernie Batten at Chatham on Saturday. So first of all, in today's game, probably a fair result in the end, was it a draw? Yeah, maybe it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the fact we we scored quite late on, but I thought second half, you know, we would we were the dominant side in terms of trying to get down and play. And I thought their goalkeeper pulled off two or three really fantastic saves when when it was nil nil. And I was quite happy, you know, second half performance. I think first half was was fairly even. We were a little bit disappointed with the goal we conceded. You know, we thought we could have closed people down a bit quicker. But, you know, it's a tough place to come. You know, Chatham, they're an experienced team and that. And, um, you know, they're, they're a good side. You know, James, is, is, you know, he's, he's starting to turn it round here. And, uh, you know, he's a proven manager. He's a good manager. And, he, and I'm sure in time, you know, he'll have this club buzzing again. Um, but from our perspective, you know, I, I thought perhaps a draw, but I think we, we may we shaded it. I suppose that shows how, how far Sheppey have come as a club because three, mm. four years ago, if someone said to you Sheppey had come here, get a point against Chatham, and you'd, and you'd go in probably a little bit disappointed, you'd have snapped their hands off. Wouldn't you? Well, I, th- I think that's kind of if somebody had said that three years ago, I think that's a bit of a fairy tale, you know, to say that we'd be playing a rhyming team, which Chatham were then, uh, come here and be a little bit disappointed with a point. But um, having said that, you know, perhaps a draw was, was, was a fair result um, considering. Generally, everything seems to be sort of going well and going in the right direction. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you know, we've had a bit of a blip this season. Um, we started ever so well up until October, 
Um, you know, and of course, I think I've got a man, uh, manager of the month award. <laughs> and then we went on, I think, two or three months without hardly winning a game, you know. So uh, that, that happens in football. We, we, we brought players in this season and it hasn't quite worked out um, as we had wanted. Um, a lot of that, you know, has been, un, uh, you know, um, unforced. Of course, we've had, we've had a hell of an injury list with people getting sort of long-term injuries, six-weekers, eight-weekers, which have disrupted us and we haven't been able to play the back four um, more than a couple of times together all this season that's been the frustrating thing isn't it I think you, every time I've, I've seen you four times this season I think every time it's been a completely different team with different people all over the place and I guess the one thing you, that you need to find going forward is a consistent starting 11 isn't it I think that's spot on you know I think it's spot on I think if you look at the teams that are you know that are up there now and I went and watched Seven Oaks the other night they're a solid unit you know he's brought players and the back four's been together for a few seasons now and they look really solid and I think you know there's one thing I've learned at, at this level is that you need a solid platform you know we do try and play football we do try and entertain you know that we have the crowd which we try to entertain um, and, and but you know if you feel, find wanting at the back and you make mistakes conceding goals it makes it double hard to win a game of football We'll hear more from him next week as we preview the Kent Senior Trophy final when the Ites take on Whitstable Town. But Sheppey are definitely a club going in the right direction on and off the field, aren't they? As, as that kind of proved, disappointed to get a point at Chatham. Yeah, again, again, another manager, very focused, not getting carried away of what they're going on. He knows what small steps again. Um, you've been there before. Again, decent attendance, 170 odd last night against Steel. So, yeah, again, you, you, you've seen them a few times this year, John. You think as a club they're on the up, don't you? Oh, I really do. Yeah, I mean they've got great support, fantastic support. They had, you know, there are plenty of people behind the goal cheering them on, on on Saturday at Chatham. And whenever you go there, you know they've got a really good, really good little setup. The pitch always looks really good. Um, I, I really like it. You know, they're a warm, welcoming club. I know a few of their supporters. I know a couple of people from behind the scenes as well. And I, I really think that they are going places. They don't want to run before they can walk. You know, they're quite new to this level. But I really think that. Going forward, they're going to be a team that. Well, I think the area can support a team in the Bostic League. It's just they've got to get they've got to get there, and they they can't throw too much out. They've got to build steadily and slowly, and I think they're doing that. They've got a lot of local players in there. You know, people can really identify with what they've got there. And as far as I'm concerned, they are definitely moving in the right direction. Yeah, good experience. I see Hitchin Akazan again, sitting ball legend, goal scoring, scoring goals for them as well. So yeah, again. It seems well, you've been a few times. It seems a place I'm sure we should try and get to. Get good atmosphere, good welcome at that. So it's one of the sides, probably one of the sides he's following. And of course, now he followed the scaffold with a little, little more interest than I did previously. But Sheppey is the kind of result probably look for first in this because what you said about them, they're a club on the up, they can achieve, and they're doing all right. And again, their Twitter got quite excited when Joshua Glover banged it in. Is he a big goalkeeper, John? Not a huge one, I don't think. But it was, it was. I've seen a picture of it, and, and it was a. It looked like a decent header. He got up quite well. Young lad as well. So it was. Um. It was. It was good for him to be on the score sheet. And I understand that that's the fourth goalkeeper who scored in the Southern Counties East League this season, which is quite some stat. And uh, Sheppy have both scored and conceded a goal from a goalkeeper. <laughs> that's why. That's why I'm not doom and gloom anymore. That's why you love football. Goalkeeper scoring goals like that. There can't be many sides. That have scored, goalkeeper scored from under, sort of, and conceded, and they conceded from the goalkeeper. That must be a, a first in football, sure. You would think so, wouldn't you? Elsewhere in the Southern Counties, East League Seven Oaks started the week ten points clear at the top and ended it 
10 points clear at the top. They lost 2-1 at Whitsville in Saturday's big game, but Kenny Pogue stuck 12 minutes from time on Tuesday night as they beat Beckenham 3-2. There's still a lot of football to be played. Whitsville have got 12 games left, so it's a long way off being mathematically done and dusted, but Seven Oaks have got to be favourites still after that. That loss at Whitsville was only their third league defeat all season, Matt. Yeah, it's amazing because I thought Whitsville had to win that game on Saturday, and clearly they did. Three points off, 13 points clear of Whitstable. They seem to be taking very start, tiny steps to the, the title, um, uh, Seven Oaks. You think they could have been outside by now. Big, big win last night for them. So, um, we say it every week. I thought when I said last week in the pod that probably we'd know what this time we record this week's episode if they're going to win the league. Yeah, it's, it's going to be, their goal difference is a lot better than anybody else's as well. So, that's probably worth an extra point. You can't, unless they really have a player and get caught up in the amount of games they've got, but Clearly, Whistler have got a lot more games to play. Yeah, they should. They should go and win this league division. Seven Oaks do go to Crowborough on Monday. So that's the third time they'll have played one of their title rivals in the space of just over a week. So big test for them. But again, if they can come out of that one unscathed, then do they start to dream? I, I, I don't know. Well, yeah, that is a good result against um, Beckham. Of course, they'll tune it up, back to all. Maybe a bit of nerves, Beckham on the top, but... Kenny Pogue, another player, he's been around the houses, very experienced, got the winner. And how important that could be, I'm sure if you spoke to Mickey Collins, he'll probably know how important that win was for him. Exactly. Tuesday's other league game saw Corinthian beat Irith 2-1, while Tomridge Wells and Whitswold Town booked their spots in the Southern Counties East League Challenge Cup final after completing aggregate wins over Crowborough and Lords respectively. But more than 400 fans at Crowborough on Tuesday night as well. And before we move on from the Southern Counties East League, we've got to mention Tomridge Wells' game on Saturday when they lost 4-1 at home to Beersted and three of the Beersted goals were own goals. Have you uh, ever seen anything like that, Matt? No, I don't think I've ever been a game where there's been two own goals. So that must have been... Uh... Very disappointing for them from that point of view. I've never seen anything like it. I don't know what, what sort of quality of the, of the own goals actually were, but there's been quite a few own goals recently in there. The scaffold, the goalkeeper scoring, plenty of own goals. What a division that is, for entertainment. Well, exactly. It's, uh, it's certainly worth popping down. If you've never been to a scaffold game, I definitely recommend it. You're only paying seven or eight pounds to get in. There's some big games over the weekend. Check out the scaffold website to see where your local teams are playing on both Saturday and Monday this week. In the Bostick League Premier Division, folks had to come from behind to beat lowest off 2-1 on Tuesday night to go back to second in the table, having beaten Met Police 5-2 on Saturday. Margate, though, drew a fourth game in a row on Saturday as a late goal from Enfield denied them at Hartsdown Park. No one's drawn more than Gates 13 draws this season, and they've got a tough run in. They've still got to go to Folkestone, Staines and Dulwich and host Billericay in their last seven games. Now, it's definitely squeaky bum time there, isn't it? Yeah, some of those Staines have come up on the inside a little bit. Look at the table when I spoke to Margate Man, I worked so, Yeah, it's Hendon, of course, had a cracking weekend, win at the weekend. Margate, inability to kill teams off could really affects them from that point. But it's, as you say, it's in their own hands. Got everybody to play. And, you know, arguably, Dover v. Epsleet's a big game on Monday, but you think folks to the Margate, that's just as big for the inside. Folks that week in, week out, getting results, scoring goals, 90 goals. They've scored in 39 league games. Absolutely fantastic. Neil Cugley, Matt, Neil Cugley, Neil, and Neil Smith, surely one of them would be 
You would think so, wouldn't you? Uh, Tunbridge Angels added their name to the at GT Blocks Me Roll of Honour with a brilliant 2-1 win over Billericay on Tuesday night, but lost by the same score at Wingate on Saturday. What I must say about that game against Billericay is you've simply got to see Joe Turner's goal that brought Angels level up last Thursday. I retweeted it from the Kent NL podcast account. What a screamer that is. And, and that result, Matt, is... is Brilliant for Steve McKim. We spoke to him last week and, and he spoke well about that. And, and it just shows that Tunbridge Angels are still a very dangerous side, aren't they? Yes, yeah, just consistency is a problem for them. You look at it, they've won 12 home games, lost 12 away. It's not many sides near the bottom have lost that amount of games. Finding a bit of consistency. But as he said last week in the pod, they've got a young side, they'll learn from that. But again, they've got to make sure there's more of those Billy Reed performances rather than the ones at Wingate they lost the weekend. But Game Easter period for them again. Go, go out there and see if they can get back-to-back wins. Yeah, um, Angels host Harlow on Friday before the return at Billericay on Easter Monday. Uh, Gate are at home to Worthing on Saturday and Victor go to Staines. That's a big game. Before the t- As we've already discussed, the two Kent sides clash at the Fullicks on Monday, which is where I'm probably going to be spending my Easter Monday. Um, in the South Division, Cray Wanderers blew the race for second wide open with a 1-0 win at Corinthian Casuals on Saturday. Junior Dadson scoring the goal. But Cray have dropped to fifth spot after Greenwich's great week. But it's so tight. Three points between Corinthian Casuals in second and Wanderers. But the two in between have both played fewer games. So that one's going to go to the wire, I think. Yeah, I think Lewis have probably, you know, 89 points. They're going to go, they're going to go up as champions. Cray now. Greenwich, you know, had a little bit of wobble when the um, money situation looks a bit thin. But they're a, a decent side at that level. Cray, you know, we're hoping for Cray because, you know, when we spoke to them, they're 100 points, 100 goals for the season. They're going to get 100 goals, but definitely not going to get 100 points. They've got to get back on that horse. Six games to play, need at least 15 points. I would have thought, should that be enough to get the uh, title? Uh, but the thing is, such a tight division, I'm sure a lot of these sides have got to play each other, but Cray have just got to worry about their own sons. They seem to have found a little bit of form again. Maybe they can do it. And Hyde as well, still seven points behind. They've probably got to win at least... You know, five or six of their most remaining games if they're going to get in there. But it's exciting times we had for April. It really is. High the uh, six points outside the top six, I believe, after coming from 2-0 down to get a point of white leaf thanks to two late goals from Zach Anser. And there are plenty of goals about this week and, and not all in the end we'd have hoped as Herne Bay were beaten 7-0 at Walton Casuals on Saturday. They hit back by beating South Park 4-1 on Tuesday night. They aren't ours, but South Park had a shocker of because they lost 8-1 at home to Greenwich on Saturday as well. Aaron Milbank scored a hat-trick as Ramsgate won 4-1 at Horsham on Saturday. While elsewhere at the weekend, there were 1-0 wins for Sittingbourne over Shoreham and Thamesmead against Chipstead. Phoenix drew 2-2 with Molsey. Fabersham were beaten at home by Hastings and VCD lost 3-0 at Leaders Lewis. Ashford's wait from the away win goes on as they lost 3-2 at East Grinstead on Saturday and 3-0 at Horsham on Tuesday. Faversham hit 6 against Shoreham on Tuesday, but Sittingbourne lost 2-1 to Greenwich. Um, again, two games for everyone this weekend. Uh, Good Friday, Sittingbourne host Thamesmead. On Saturday, Cray go to Chipstead. Faversham host Carshalton. Phoenix are at Hastings. Hythe host Lewis. Ashford go to Molsey. Ramsgate travel to South Park and BCD host Herm Bay. And on Monday, plenty of all Kent clashes as well. Ashford host Faversham. Cray have got a big game against Greenwich Borough at Hayes Lane. Sam Denley returns to Herne Bay with Hyde Town. Phoenix meet VCD. Ramsgate host Sittingbourne. And Thamesmead are the odd ones out, derby-wise, as they're at home to local rivals, Shoreham. Um, but some big old games in there. Hyde against Lewis. Cray against Greenwich. It's, it's going to be a big weekend, isn't it? Well, uh, you know, Hyde and Lewis stood out. You mentioned straight away. Hyde beat Lewis. Lewis 
nine markers. Middle of Indies division, that really puts down a marker from that big games now. Love it how the fixture list pans out because it always brings up a couple of games that you think about, that's a big one because defeat or victory in that will really make or break your season. That just leaves us with probably the biggest game of the first part of the weekend. National League South, where Dartford kept the pressure on the top on at the top with a 2-0 win at Oxford City on Saturday. And they now host third-placed Hampton and Richmond Borough on Good Friday. I would say that a win for the Darts may well be terminal for Hampton's title hopes so and make it a two-horse race, eh, Matt? That's a great result at Oxford. That's the kind of result that Dartford, you know, they've gone to St Albans and lost. And Oxford are a decent side, so that is a, a really good result. Clean sheet, which is important. Bradbrook clearly pushed him forward from where he um, should have been uh, playing four, scoring goals. So, yeah, big, big game. Dartford, can they do it? Hampton are a decent side as well, I have to say. Um, really well, good players they've got from that. A win will give them five-point gap. Defeat, you're worrying about it as well. But Hampton have got some big games to play. But I still think this will go for the wire, this division. Could go to the final game of the season. It really could. Um, Darts travelled to East Thurrock on Monday. Um, Welling, meanwhile, made it three wins in four as they won 4-1 at Hungerford on Saturday, with Millwall Loney Jamie Philpott scoring twice, along with a fine strike from player boss Jamie Coyle. I've been backing them for a few weeks now, Matt, and, and I've seen nothing to change my mind that Welling are going to get in the playoffs. So they've got a tricky weekend, Bath at home on Friday, and then they're at Hampton on Monday. So it's not going to be that easy for them this weekend, but I'll, I'm still keeping the faith. Yeah, looking at it... They've snuck into that seventh place. We've got Braintree and Chelmsford lurking behind them as Truro, my boys Truro, doing having a good season as well. So, the thing is with Welling, they've got goal scorers. Philpott probably playing at a level that he probably shouldn't be playing at Conference National. Coombs, we've seen what Coombs can do. So, you do concede Welling, but they've got goal scorers from there. Again, another pivotal weekend. I think we probably say every year. When it gets to the Easter week, Easter period, this really makes or breaks the season. Well, in six points out of that, I think they've probably nailed it on. Losing it, and I'll see results again, and then you start panicking again. But it's such a pivotal week when we discuss it next week's programme. It'll be the longest point we've ever had on it. So, uh, discussing the, the, two, the, two, the two match days, which is absolutely crucial. Exactly, it's, it is really good, and, and I must admit, having as I'm not working in the papers and I've got papers to get out on Tuesday morning, like I normally would have, I'm really looking forward to seeing how it all pans out on on Easter Monday. As you say, so many big games, and there's even rumours, podcast fans, that there may be a live podcast record on Matt's way home from Ebbsfleet on uh, on Monday evening. Although that'll be quite challenging, as neither of us will have heard the interviews that the other ones provided. So there will be some guesswork, but I'm sure we can make it work, can't we? Yeah, well, I think uh, it makes perfect sense that we can come back from there again. I could have a face full of thunder, or I could be wandering or dancing into that public house while meeting with John. But yeah, we'll try and get a live recording and get that out earlier because I think it will be a, a long recording. So people need to dive on and do that, get that information in ahead of the games next weekend, which of course, see, we're into April then, with only three weeks left to go of the season. Exactly. Well, that's about it for this week's show. Um, thanks, as always, for listening. And thanks to the three interview subjects that we've had on. Really appreciate all of their time. Fantastic. And I suppose, Matt, all I really want to know is, have I managed to cheer you up at all? I am. Yeah, I'm a little bit. I've only tweaked, so I'm still tired. I was getting back at ridiculous o'clock last night. But, uh, yeah, I'm happy now and I'm back. Forget about it. Move on. Let's have a wonderful Easter. Exactly. It's, it's an absolutely filthy day here as well. It's absolutely throwing it down. So I hope you can't hear the rain on the recording, but it has been chucking it down. And during the uh, 
the podcast. I'll have edited it out. But both Matt and I received a phone call during the uh, during the recording of this week's show. So I'm sure that's a, a, a first for the for the show, definitely. So that's something we can uh, look back on fondly. Um, as always, if you want to get in touch with us, we're on social media on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast and on Facebook at Kent Non League. Um, Maybe looking to doing some other bits and pieces as well, which all will be revealed in the not too distant future. Um, but yeah, as I say, I hope you all have a, a really nice Easter. Go and see some football because there's bound to be a big game in your neck of the woods this weekend. And all that really remains is to say thanks very much for listening, and we shall speak to you all after a cracking Easter weekend. Hope somebody buys me some midi chips.